Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hello everyone, happy Wednesday. I hope you all are having a great week so far. As you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about the unsolved disappearance of Caitlin Atkins. Caitlin was 19 years old when she went missing from Springfield, Virginia on December 5th, 2015. As far as a description of Caitlin, she was last seen wearing a dark gray pullover sweatshirt with a Bass Pro Shop emblem on it, as well as black pants and pink and black Vans shoes. As far as Caitlin's physical description goes, at the time of her disappearance, Caitlin was standing at about 5 feet 4 inches tall and weighed about 122 pounds. She had blonde hair and blue eyes, and she also had a tattoo of five butterflies on her left forearm, as well as another tattoo of three red stars bursting on the top of her foot. Caitlin has three piercings. She has a nose piercing, a belly button piercing, and the right side of her lower lip is pierced as well. So now that you have that description, we are just going to jump right on into it today. So let's get started. Caitlin Atkins was born on September 2nd, 1996 to her mother, Lisa Sullivan. Caitlin also had a younger sister named Gabby, and Gabby and Caitlin grew up being raised by their mother and their mother's husband at the time, who was a man named James Brandon. James was not the girl's biological father, however, he married Lisa when Caitlin was about seven years old. However, the marriage didn't last and the two of them ended up getting a divorce. Caitlin is described as someone who is extremely unique. She was described as very funny, she could always make anyone laugh, but she also had a very sensitive and emotional side to her as well. Caitlin was really expressive and creative, and like I mentioned, she had a couple tattoos, but she also loved to do fun things with her hair a lot. She loved to dye it different colors and cut it in different styles. And Caitlin was also really, really smart. She ended up graduating from high school when she was 16 years old after doing online classes to complete her junior and senior year of high school at the same time. So she was taking junior year classes and senior year classes all in one year. And the reason she did this is because she knew that the traditional high school route wasn't really for her as it isn't for a lot of people. And she knew she needed to graduate but didn't want to have to wait until she was 18 years old, so she found an alternative way and she made it work. Growing up, Caitlin was living in Caroline County, which had a population of about 29,000 people in 2015. Caitlin and her family were extremely, extremely close. She was especially close to her mother and her sister, Gabby, and Caitlin grew up having a lot of solid friendships, and one of those friends was a girl named Amber. Now, Amber lived right down the street from Caitlin when the two of them were growing up, and they hung out all the time, and they were best, best friends. So when the girls were about 12, 
12 years old, Amber and her family actually had to move to Arizona. But even with moving to a different state, the girls still remained incredibly, incredibly close. They talked all the time. And in doing so, their friendship actually ended up developing more into a romantic relationship. Now, this was obviously very hard because they had to have a long distance relationship because Caitlin was still living in Virginia and Amber was in Arizona. However, right when Caitlin turned 18 years old, she moved to Arizona to be with Amber and the two of them ended up getting engaged. So life was really looking up for Caitlin and things seemed to be really falling into place for her. So when Caitlin got to Arizona and got settled in with Amber, she decided that she wanted to go to beauty school and become a beautician. So she decided to register for classes. Now, when doing this and going through the registration process, one of the requirements is that the beauty school needed to see Caitlin's high school diploma, which Caitlin didn't bring with her to Arizona, and it was back in Virginia. So this was more near the end of 2015, and Caitlin decided it would actually be a good time to make a trip back to Virginia in general because her sister Gabby had actually just had a baby. She had a baby boy. So because of this, Caitlin decided to plan a trip to Virginia. That way she could grab her high school diploma and also meet her nephew. It seemed like the timing of this all was really falling into place and it was going to be a quick trip. It was only going to be about four days long because Caitlin's cosmetology school was starting on the 7th of December. So Caitlin booked a flight to get into Virginia on December 1st, 2015. Now, during the time that Caitlin was in Virginia, she spent most of her time with her family, bonding with them, seeing her nephew, just getting some quality time in. And then on the night of December 4th, 2015, Caitlin actually got together with some of her friends. It was two friends that she had known from high school, and they had all hung out together that night on December 4th. Caitlin ended up spending the night at this friend's house, and she got a ride back to her mom's the following morning. So now we're on December 5th and Caitlin got to her mom Lisa's house the next morning and when she got there, Lisa, Gabby, and Gabby's newborn baby were all there as well. Now according to them, they said that when Caitlin got back to the house, she seemed perfectly fine. She was happy, she hung out with her nephew, nothing seemed off-putting about her behavior whatsoever. So Caitlin was meant to fly out of Virginia this day and her flight was scheduled at 5.40 p.m. on December 5th, 2015. But the issue here was that Lisa, Caitlin's mother, had work that day at 10 a.m. and wasn't going to be able to take Caitlin to the airport. Now, after trying to figure out how Caitlin could get to the airport at the time that she needed to be at and who could take her, the idea was brought up that Lisa's ex-husband, James, could bring Caitlin to the airport. Now, James lived in the same town as Lisa, and even though Lisa said it was her last resort calling James and asking him to bring Caitlin, she really didn't know who else could take her. So, Lisa ended up calling James and asking him if he could drive Caitlin to the Reagan National Airport, and James said that he could take Caitlin, but he had to work that day at 3 o'clock p.m., so he would have to drop Caitlin off a little early for her flight in order to be back in time for work. So the plan was then made that James would be the one to take Caitlin. So at about 9 o'clock a.m. on December 5th, Lisa drove Caitlin 
over to James's house and dropped her off at about 9.20 a.m. When Elisa dropped off Caitlin, she said that she got out of the car and talked to James again, just confirming one last time that this was fine, that he took Caitlin, to which again, he confirmed. After that conversation, Lisa got back in her car and headed off to work. So now we move in a couple hours later to about 1.52 p.m. on December 5th. Now at 1.52 p.m., James actually texted Lisa saying that while he was driving Caitlin to the airport, Caitlin decided that she wanted to be dropped off at the Springfield Mall Metro Station, which is about two stops from the airport. James said Caitlin wanted to do this because Caitlin's flight wasn't until 5.40 p.m. and it was a little bit early, so she decided to kill some time and wanted to walk around the mall and just buy herself time before she actually had to be at the airport. When Lisa saw this text, she said that she thought it was extremely bizarre because Caitlin hadn't been on the Metro for well over 10 years and she'd never been on it by herself and Lisa didn't even think that Caitlin knew how to ride the Metro by herself. So this was really bizarre to her because Lisa didn't understand why Caitlin would want to do this now, especially when James was going to be driving her to the airport. He was going to be dropping her off where she needed to be. So why would Caitlin want to go to the mall and then get on a train and be dropped off at the airport when James was going to just drive her directly there. But it wasn't long after this initial text message from James that Lisa received another text message from Caitlin eight minutes later at 2 p.m. saying, quote, I'm at the airport, battery dying, so won't be able to text for a bit, end quote. Lisa replied to Caitlin saying, okay, let me know when you get on the plane. So when Lisa got this text, she thought that even though it was weird that Caitlin didn't get directly dropped off at the airport, she was happy to know that Caitlin made it there eventually and now she was just waiting for her flight. But this feeling of relief changed when Lisa actually got a text from Amber, Caitlin's fiance, saying that Caitlin had texted her saying, quote, something came up. I'm not coming back today. I'll let you know when I get a new flight. I won't be able to text for a bit. End quote. Now, when receiving this text, Amber thought that this was obviously extremely bizarre and off-putting and worrisome, so that is why she decided to text Lisa to kind of ask her what was going on and if she knew anything else about it. And when Lisa heard that Amber had received this text message from Caitlin, she got extremely worried and was extremely confused considering Caitlin had told Lisa that she was already at the airport waiting for her flight to take off. So on the night of December 5th at about 7.15 p.m., which was almost two hours after Caitlin's flight was scheduled, Lisa was driving home from work and actually got a text from Caitlin. Now, at this point, Lisa had been trying to reach Caitlin all day. She'd been trying to call her, she'd been trying to text her, and she wasn't able to get through to her. So when Caitlin texted her mother, Lisa said she immediately pulled over to the side of the road and read the texts. Now, these texts were sent in two separate messages. The first message said, quote, I'm staying with a friend. And the second message said, quote, I need some time alone. Lisa said that after receiving these text messages, she immediately tried to call Caitlin. However, every time she attempted, her calls went straight to voicemail, suggesting that Caitlin's phone had been turned off right after those messages were sent. Now, one of the first things that Lisa noticed about these text messages were the style that the text was sent in. Like I said, the text was sent in two separate messages, which according to Lisa was extremely unlike Caitlin. Caitlin was usually a one message type of person. She would put everything into one message and just press send and wait 
wait for you to respond and then she would write another message. Caitlin wasn't known to be a double texter, and I think that this is very telling because I think a lot of people would agree that everyone has a specific texting style. Even if you don't think you have one, you most likely do. Some people text in multiple messages as if they were talking. Some write out everything in one message and send it. Some barely send any message at all. Some people use a lot of emojis. Some people use no emojis. Everyone has their own texting style. And when it comes to the people you text the most or the people you're closest to, you know their texting style. I could tell you every family member of mine's texting style and you could probably do the same to your family or your friends. And that's exactly what Lisa was doing here. So this threw her off completely because she knew that Caitlin would never send a text in two separate messages. So while Lisa was trying to sort her messages from Caitlin out and trying to get a hold of her in any way possible, Amber actually also got a message from Caitlin on Facebook. Now, this message sent to Amber from Caitlin's profile on Facebook said that the reason Caitlin couldn't come home is because Caitlin had cheated on Amber and that they needed to break up. So, obviously, this was a extremely shocking and blindsiding to Amber, but also Amber said that when she saw this message, she just didn't feel like it was Caitlin writing these messages out. Again, it wasn't her normal style of messaging, and it's not like the two of them were having problems in their relationship, and Caitlin had all of her stuff in Arizona at the place she shared with Amber, so it's not like Caitlin brought her life back to Virginia when she left on this four-day trip and then broke up with Amber once she got there. Her life was still in Arizona. She was going to go to cosmetology school in Arizona. That was the whole point of going back to Virginia so she could get the credentials that she needed in order to enroll. So nothing was making sense at this point for anyone in Caitlin's family. So Lisa decided that the next thing to do at this point was going to be to call the airline that Caitlin was supposed to be flying because even though it didn't look like Caitlin made her flight that day, considering that she had been texting with her mother during the times that she would have been in the air. She wanted to be able to confirm whether or not Caitlin ever even checked in or did she get on another flight, but the airlines had absolutely no record of Caitlin ever checking in for her flight that day. So after learning this piece of information, Lisa's next step was calling her ex-husband James again, asking him if Caitlin seemed off when he dropped her off or what exactly happened. But James told the same story again, saying that Caitlin asked to be dropped off at the Metro Mall so she could kill some time before going to the airport. He said he gave her about $20 to catch the Metro train and that was it. So at this point, all of Caitlin's family is completely freaking out, obviously. They keep calling her and they keep texting her, but her phone is going straight to voicemail every single time and they have absolutely no idea where she is. This whole situation just seemed extremely out of character for Caitlin. Caitlin, like I said in the beginning, was someone who was extremely close to her family. Caitlin was the type of person to call her mother and her sister two to three times a day just to talk, just to catch up and see what was going on in each other's lives. So for her to just up and leave with no contact whatsoever was extremely out of character, as well as the fact that Caitlin had never run away from home before. So this was not something that she knew how to do or something that was common for her. So it was extremely out of pocket. This whole situation was. 
So now we move in to the next day, which is December 6, 2015. And on this day, Caitlin's family decided to call the police to file a missing persons report for Caitlin. However, because Caitlin is A, over the age of 18, and B, was sending text messages from her phone to her family telling them to leave her alone, that she wanted space, she needed time, the police said that there was really nothing that they could do because those messages hinted at her wanting to run away and wanting to be left alone. So because of this, the police said that there really wasn't anything that they could do, which was obviously incredibly frustrating for Caitlin's family. So then the following day on December 7th, Lisa was over it. She didn't want to hear it anymore. So she walked straight in to the county police in her town to fill out a missing persons report. So while Lisa is at the department filling out the paperwork on this missing persons report, the police get a phone call that comes in. Lisa was literally at the police station when the police got this call, so the police escorted her into an interrogation room and told Lisa that they had just gotten a call that came in from someone who found Caitlin's luggage in a drainage ditch on the side of the road. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Do you ever fantasize about who you'd be if you lived somewhere different? Maybe you'd surf if you lived by the beach. Or maybe if you lived in the city, you would live above a coffee shop and finally be able to write that novel you've always dreamed of. Or if you had a dishwasher, maybe you'd actually be able to start cooking and make a proper dinner at home. With over 1 million available units for rent on Apartments.com, the you abilities are endless. Apartments.com lets you narrow down exactly what you want and when you want it. And with their instant alert, you'll never miss out on seeing what could be your new perfect place. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place to live, whether that's an apartment, a townhome, or even a house, and they can help you find exactly what it is that you're looking for. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, you guys, welcome back. Now, where Caitlin lived in reference to the airport was about 50 miles, so it was a decent drive. But where Caitlin's luggage was found was just a few miles away from Caitlin's hometown. So this piece of evidence in finding this luggage was huge to authorities and to Caitlin's family because it brought up the question, did Caitlin leave the airport and try to come back home? Did she ever make it to the airport? All of Caitlin's belongings were in this luggage that was found, her wallet was in there, her credit cards were in there, her ID was in there, her plane ticket home was in the suitcase. It was all in there. The only things that weren't found in the suitcase were Caitlin's cell phone, her clothes, and her high school diploma. Now, the fact that Caitlin's high school diploma wasn't found in her luggage was kind of another question to authorities. It made them question, well, did Caitlin possibly run away? Did she want to be left alone? Now, Caitlin's family knew in their core that this was not the case 
case, but it definitely raised a question mark because if this diploma was what she needed in order to start a new life and start a new job to enroll in beauty school somewhere else, it makes sense as why she would want to take her diploma with her. But then again, leaving behind her credit cards and things like that, it was very contradicting. So after finding Caitlin's luggage is when authorities decided to take Caitlin's case a little bit more seriously and they decided to do some investigating. So authorities searched about a 30 mile stretch from where Caitlin's suitcase was found. However, their search ended up with absolutely nothing. No more evidence, no more clues as to where Caitlin would be nothing. So the main detective on this case is Detective Marshall, and Detective Marshall decided that the next thing to do was going to be to start talking to some of the people that Caitlin was with during her trip home. And Detective Marshall decided that he wanted to start with the last known person to see Caitlin, and that was James. Now, when authorities went to talk to James, James's story did not change. He told authorities the same story that he told Lisa, that he had dropped Caitlin off at the Mall Metro, and then went back home and then went to work. So then police decided that they wanted to go back and talk to some of the friends that Caitlin was with the night prior to her disappearance just to see if they had any clue where Caitlin could have gone. The authorities didn't want to leave any stone left unturned and they wanted to see if Caitlin had said anything that night that at the time they didn't deem suspicious but looking back it could have been read a little deeper into. So when authorities went to talk to these friends of Caitlin's who she was hanging out with the night prior on December 4th, who again, it was two friends, it was a guy and a girl, and this guy and a girl were actually a couple. Now, one of the friends actually disclosed to authorities that the night that they were all hanging out, all three of them got pretty drunk together, and they ended up having a threesome. Now, the friends said that they all talked it out the next morning, and even though Caitlin did seem a little quiet that morning, they didn't think much of it considering what had happened the night prior, and according to Caitlin's family, Caitlin's behavior when she got drunk dropped off by her friends was relatively normal. It didn't seem suspicious. It didn't seem like anything was bothering her or that anything was wrong. But when authorities learned this piece of information, they realized that Caitlin wasn't lying to Amber when she messaged Amber saying that she had cheated. The context of the message held a lot of truth to it. So police decided to do a little more digging into some of Caitlin's other messages. And that is when authorities found that Caitlin had sent a message to someone on Facebook as well, saying that she didn't want to be here and she didn't want to be there either. Now, this was in reference to Caitlin not wanting to be in Virginia, but she also didn't want to go back home to Arizona. So, at this point, police wanted to get Caitlin's phone records, which it took a while to do. It wasn't until about two weeks following her disappearance that authorities were able to get Caitlin's phone records. And when they did, they found that the message that was sent from Caitlin's phone to her mother, Lisa, at 2 p.m. on on December 5th saying that she was at the airport was sent only five miles away from where Caitlin's luggage was found in her hometown. Now this completely threw authorities off because how in the world did Caitlin get dropped off at the mall metro by James around 1 o'clock p.m. and then end up back in her hometown which was 50 miles away from the airport an hour later. Now by the way something to note here is that Caitlin could not drive. She didn't have a driver's license. She only had an identification card. So it's not like she could just get in a car by herself and drive off. So at this point, the authorities go to the mall metro that Caitlin was reportedly dropped off at, and they request to see the security camera footage from December 5th to see where and if Caitlin was dropped off at. Now at 
this time, James also gave the authorities pictures of his Jeep, which was reportedly the car that he said he drove when he dropped Caitlin off. That way, when police looked in the footage, they would be able to see James's Jeep and they would be able to clear him and know that he was telling the truth. Now, after scouring through hours upon hours of surveillance footage, which by the way, they were two separate cameras. So two separate angles that authorities were looking at. After going through hours of this footage, authorities were unable to find James, his Jeep, or Caitlin being dropped off that day. None of them appear once in this surveillance footage and police did the same thing for the surveillance footage of the airport just to see if maybe Caitlin got dropped off there, if Caitlin was ever there and they were unable to find Caitlin there as well. So at this point, authorities, Caitlin's family, and I'm sure you when you're listening to this are confused and are feeling like what is going on here? Because here's the thing, it's not like James was being uncooperative with the authorities and not talking to them or anything like that. It was actually more so the opposite for a while. James was being extremely cooperative with the police. He went in whenever they asked to do interviews. He always answered their phone calls. He stuck to his story. His story really never changed each time he was asked. And he also provided the police pictures with the car that he was driving that day. So it's not like James was refusing to talk to the police or was changing his story or anything like that. So it made police really confused as to what was going on and more specifically why James would give the authorities a picture of his car that he knew wasn't going to be showing up on any of the surveillance footage. So police didn't know what to think. Caitlin's family didn't know what to think. So they decided that the best next thing to do would be to give James a polygraph test and confront him with the information they had or lack thereof about his car not showing up on the surveillance footage and how some of the pieces of his story weren't adding up. And they wanted to do this while he was strapped up to the polygraph test to see what his reaction would be. So police told James they wanted to do this test and James agreed to do the polygraph test and it was scheduled for December 29th. So again, Caitlin goes missing on December 5th, 2015. Now we are at December 9th, 2015. So the day that this polygraph test was scheduled on December 9th, James ended up calling Detective Marshall and told him that he had spoken to a lawyer and he decided he wasn't going to be taking a polygraph test because he felt he was being framed as a suspect. Now police obviously couldn't force James to take this polygraph test, but Detective Marshall told James that they weren't looking at him as a suspect. They just wanted him to take the test to be able to rule him out and get a better understanding of his story. But James wanted absolutely nothing to do with it at this point. He was over it and he ended up hanging up the phone on Detective Marshall. So here is where I think it's a good time to talk a little bit more about James and his relationship with Caitlin. So like I said in the beginning, James was really the only father figure that Caitlin had in her life growing up. But from what one of Caitlin's best friends, which is a man named Kevin, has come forward, he has said that he has been told by Caitlin that Caitlin's relationship with James was not a good one whatsoever. According to Kevin, he said that Caitlin didn't trust James. It was said that Caitlin felt nervous around James and that James was even verbally abusive towards Caitlin. Now, it's important to note that these allegations have never been substantiated and no charges against James had ever been filed by Caitlin. But even though those allegations have never been fully confirmed, I did want to throw that out there because I definitely think it's important to note and I want you guys to have the entire picture here. 
So at this point, when Caitlin's mom, Elisa, hears that James didn't want to take the polygraph test and he refused to do so, Lisa gets extremely angry. She confronted James about it. She basically told him all of the reasons why he should take the test, which were the same reasons that authorities were telling James to take the test. However, James was not having it. He said that he told authorities everything that he knew and that nothing good was going to come out of it. And so he decided that he wasn't going to do it. But here is where James's story does become a little bit more questionable. So police decided to pull James's cell phone records. And when they did this, they saw that the text message that was sent to Lisa from James's cell phone at 1.52 p.m. on December 5th, saying that he had dropped off Caitlin, was actually sent from James's home. Now, this was alarming because a lot of people thought that James had texted Lisa while either right after he had dropped Caitlin off at the airport or while he was on his way to work or while he was driving back home. So, to see that James had sent out this text message from his home was very unsettling. Now, it's important to note that James said that he dropped Caitlin off at 1 o'clock p.m. So, that would give him enough time to drop Caitlin off and then drive the approximate 50 miles back to his house and then send the text message. However, authorities have come forward and said that all of James's cell phone activity came from his home that day. James had never left his house that day, or at least his cell phone had never left his house that day. And you might be thinking, well, he had work. What about when he went to work? Did his phone show that? Well, James never went to work on December 5th, 2015. Something that also frustrated Caitlin's family was the fact that when James heard through Lisa that Caitlin was missing, which was literally the night that Caitlin stopped responding to everyone, which was on December 5th, first of all, everyone who knew Caitlin and who knew about this was trying to reach out to her, was trying to find her, was trying to get in contact with her, her family, her fiance, they were calling, they were texting, they were doing everything that they could but James never tried to contact Caitlin once. He never texted her. He never called her. He never tried to get in contact with her after she went missing. And for James to be the last known person to see Caitlin, the last person to claim that he dropped her off at the mall metro, for him not to reach out, not even a text message saying, are you okay? Or where are you? For him not to say a single word, that was very telling to Caitlin's family and to authorities. So because of all of this, police had enough evidence to get a search warrant to search through James's house, his cars, and all of his technology to see if there were any signs of either foul play or other evidence leading to where Caitlin possibly could be. But their search landed with nothing. Authorities found absolutely nothing. And as upsetting and as frustrating and as confusing as this case is, that is all the information that we have. That is literally all the information that this case has. It, that's where it ends. And to this day, Caitlin has never been found. James has completely stopped talking to the authorities and nothing has been solved. But we're not going to end it here. We're going to talk about some theories. So, 
So Lisa ended up hiring her own private investigator, which is a man named Raymond Gemma. And this private investigator has come up with a theory that I thought it would be interesting to share. And again, you can email your theories at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's just killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. And we are going to be going over all of them at the beginning of next week's episode. So according to this private investigator, he said that it's a potential theory that Caitlin may have ran away from home while she was at James's house. His theory here basically goes that Caitlin got dropped off at James's house and while James either wasn't looking or was inside the house, Caitlin ran away. She just walked off and left and that was it. The theory continues that James could have panicked when he heard that Caitlin was missing, so he thought he had to get rid of the suitcase, which is why it ended up on the side of the road. And another theory linked to this one is that Caitlin wanted to run away and told James she was going to, and he helped her carry the whole plan out. And again, these theories don't make the most sense to a lot of people. A lot of people who have heard this theory have been like, what? This makes no sense. How is Caitlin just going to walk off out of James's property and him not see it and him not say anything? But another theory that ties into this runaway theory is the threesome that occurred the night prior, the alleged threesome that occurred the night prior to Caitlin's disappearance. According to the same friend we just talked about, Kevin, he said that Caitlin had reached out to him on December 5th to tell him about what had happened. He said that she was feeling incredibly guilty and was telling him that the couple basically got her really drunk, the couple that she was hanging out with on the night of December 4th. They got her really drunk and persuaded her into doing it. One of the final messages she sent to Kevin was, quote, I don't know how to feel or anything. I've been depressed and crying all day, end quote. So even though she seemed perfectly fine around her family, there is a great chance that Caitlin was just trying to cover up her feelings and not make it seem like anything is wrong. I know people do this all the time. I'm guilty of it. A lot of people do this. They want to hide their feelings from their family and then they tell their friends what's going on. So I wouldn't doubt that for a second. I guess my only issue with the runaway theory and if Caitlin did get dropped off at the mall metro is why is there no surveillance footage of her? Why is there literally zero footage of her being there? Another theory that's been brought into this is that Caitlin could have met up with someone at the mall metro or met up with someone somewhere else and either had this runaway plot planned or ended up getting herself into different trouble if she got herself involved with the wrong person. But again, it just comes back to the fact that why is there no evidence or footage showing James's car, Caitlin at the airport or at the mall metro. There's literally nothing. So the next theory in this case is that James had something to do with Caitlin's disappearance. James has been named a person of interest in this case and James was the last known person to see Caitlin. That along with his story just doesn't really add up and from not being on the security camera footage to not being shown leaving his house at all that day, not even to go to work like he said he had had to at 3 p.m. It just doesn't make any sense. I guess my big question here in this theory is motive. This couldn't have been completely premeditated considering this was a last minute change of plans to have James take Caitlin to the airport. So was there an argument? Did Caitlin disclose information about what had happened the night prior and then things got out of hand? Did James make a move on Caitlin and Caitlin freaked out and James thought he had to kill her? Again, this is all just speculation, but it just makes me wonder if this is the road we're going down, 
what was the motive? So I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about this case and what do you think happened to Caitlin? Do you think James is responsible? Do you think Caitlin ran away? What was the motive? So let me know. Email me all your theories at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's just killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. That is going to be all for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you have not already, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We post new episodes every Wednesday here on Killer Instinct, and you are not going to want to miss it. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah, and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. I'll be back in next week with another crazy case to go over with you guys. Make sure you email me your theories on this one. And until then, stay safe.